the biggest thing that I saw this year was the advent and the adoption of AI. And I will um, correct myself as well and say that the majority of the AI that I'm referring to is actually machine learning uh, and not truly AI. We already do. You understand my frustration? Yeah, yeah, because we hear it. I don't think I've covered it enough. (laughs) I don't think I've brought it up anywhere near enough how often I'm... Yeah, I, I don't think I'm aware. I can just expand upon that for a little bit so we can make sure everybody knows what you're talking about. Around people calling AI machine learning. I know we live in a world where anything can mean anything, and nobody even cares about etymology. Apparently, that's a trigger for me. Yeah, apparently. On this episode of Resi Week, we wrap up 2023 and look forward to 2024. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. This is Resi Week, episode 412, 2023 in review. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for AVNation.TV. And this week, I'm pleased to be joined by three of my good friends. First, we have Katie McGregor Bennett. She's the president of KMB Communications. How are you doing, Katie? I'm doing great. Doing great. Holidays are near. Woohoo. Yeah, we're almost, we're almost there. Uh, then we have Mark Feinberg. He's the president of Home Theater Advisors. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing great, Matt. My holidays are over, so I've already I've already spent all my money on my kids. So I'm I, I at least know what my damage was. So I'm good. I I'm so excited that my kids haven't figured out yet that if they try hard enough, I'll celebrate both. Oh yeah, that would be oh, it's fantastic. Dude, I am gonna call them. <laughs> oh, you won't because they don't have phones. Because I'm a tyrant. Uh, then, last but certainly not least, we've got my good friend Amanda Wildman. She's the co-owner of True Media Home over in Michigan. How you doing, Amanda? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me, Matt. Oh, thank you for being here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we uh, this is our year-end show where we bring on some some fun people and we ask to look back and then look ahead and kind of you know think of the highlights of this past year but also get a little prophetic and try and figure out what next year is going to bring so katie we will kick this off with you and we'll go around the horn what was the biggest story or or what had the biggest impact in the residential av industry this past year you know, I think from a from a technology, from a, a, a shiny metal boxes perspective, because those are the things we get most excited about. Um, I think LED like video walls for sure in a, across the board in all categories really came into view. See what I did there? Wow. Well, I know, right? But this time of year, we're always looking at displays and kind of you know what 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 does the uh, what did the what did the year present in terms of new display technology, different display technology, or was it just a kind of an evolution of the same same old thing? Um, so I think that here we're seeing a slightly different technology that's being applied differently and more broadly, and I think that's that for me was one of the bigger ones this year. Definitely not the biggest news story per se, but shiny metal boxes lead the way. I don't know what do you guys think. Yeah. And, and that was a really interesting one because it's something that has really never been in the home before, right? It wasn't like a new version of something. Um, I, I guess technically it is because it's a display, but no one had really used direct view LED uh, to that point uh, or to that extent as it's it's kind of come to fruition now. Mark, what was the what was the biggest standout to you? I don't think it's anything new. I think it's something that has caught on with the end user and the consumer now is uh, short throw projectors. 
um, they really took a little while to to get their the the, the feet under them. Um, but you know, because I would always have clients call and they would want a projector and a screen, um, and you know, then we'd start to talk about okay, having to rewire for a long throw projector and and do a motorized screen and put in a sound system because you know we get these crappy little twenty watt speakers coming from over your head, and when they got that, you know, ballpark of 20 to $30,000, they, they sort of threw up a little bit in their mouths and said, well, that's great. I think I'll, I think I'll stick with my 65 inch TV. Um, so now with the short throw projectors, we're able to at least put in the projector, put in a, a nice screen. Um, you don't necessarily need a control system. I mean, these projectors are even smart now they have, you know, all the streaming apps in them. Um, you can maybe add like a little outboard amplifier and a couple of nice bookshelf speakers to improve the audio to it. But it doesn't require the infrastructure change that because the wiring is typically already there if it's a retrofit, whereas with a long throw projector, you, you know, think about re redoing all the wiring. So it's something that's become affordable in the cost of the hardware, and it doesn't re it's not quite as invasive in a retrofit situation. And people have really found it and have really been turned on to it this year, I think. Yeah, it's, it, that's one of those ones that we used to use that a ton in education, and I'm amazed at how how well it's done in the last couple of years because it, it's kind of had its iterations over the years in residential and it never took off but the last you know two or three years it's really been a boom and last year there's gosh i think every display manufacturer had a 4k ultra short throw passable at the you know at, at the bare minimum they had a passable um projector that they were shipping that that looked really cool well and, and don't you think designers are picking that up too like they like not seeing those big projectors <laughs> up in the yeah. ceiling and stuff like that. So I think that that's been a big push for it too, is like designers are saying, oh, now I can sell a really nice piece of furniture that this can go into that then we can have this result. So I think that that's been a big push for that as well. So yeah, that's true. All right, Amanda, what, what was your biggest impact this year? I think our biggest impact was like outdoor spaces. Um, I mean, I know we talked about a lot of that over COVID, but like, at least in Michigan, we were starting to see, you know, the people that ordered the pools and, you know, signed up to do their landscape and stuff over COVID that maybe got, you know, on back order. Now they're starting to actually get done. Um, so we started seeing a lot of pools go in. So you started more landscape audio and a big one for us was screen rooms. I mean, in Michigan, like you have two seasons, right? Winter or, um, bugs. Winter or black flies. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so no, so motorized screen rooms was like a really, really big one, um, for us. And then like landscape audio, like people are finally, you know, getting on the list, getting their pools and stuff done. And, uh, really adding us, I think, to the mix of that. They're no longer like just calling up the pool people or, you know, whatever. Um, but they're asking, you know, us specifically, like how to do the landscape, uh, lighting, how to do the audio, you know, and they're getting bigger and more expansive. Um, you know, where before we'd be just like, ah, we're just going to put in a pool. Now they're creating that, like it's a whole extra room or a whole extra oasis in their space. Um, and they're going a little bit more all out than like, just putting in a pool yeah that's a really good point we've we've done a handful of those as well but yeah I, i'm continually surprised at how often people will open their bank books for outdoor where they in the past never really would um the before we move on to the next question um i'll say that probably the biggest thing that i saw this year was the advent and the adoption of ai 
in things like ChatGTP, literally jumping into every aspect of what we do, AI jumping into almost everything. And I will um, correct myself as well and say that the majority of the AI that I'm referring to is actually machine learning uh, and not truly AI, but that's just because that's a sticking point that I'm going to discuss with Rick, uh, Rich Barra at some point this coming year. So you can all understand my frustration with this, but we already do. You understand my frustration? Yeah. Yeah. Cause we hear it. I don't think I've covered it enough. <laughs> I don't think I've brought it up anywhere near enough how often I'm frustrated. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm aware. I just expand upon that for a little bit so we can make sure everybody knows what you're talking about. Around people calling AI machine learning. But hey, they even had it on the local news to suggest that you use AI to put together your Christmas shopping lists, which was really interesting to me. Like I just saw that the other day on one of our local news stations. Mm-hmm. They were like, encouraging you to use AI to develop a shopping list for a very particular type of person or to help you write like your holiday cards or, you know, things like that, which I thought was like, I mean, we've never seen that kind of stuff before. So I, I mentioned to my wife a couple of weeks ago that she could use like chat GTP to, to meal plan throughout the week for her. Um, and then she looked at me and said, but what, Will I scroll on Pinterest if I if I do that? Like, I don't know, honey. Uh, what will I do with all that time gained? Exactly. I think you can though. You can tell them what tell it what you have in your refrigerator, oh, yeah. and it will come back with the recipes for you. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. it is kind of nice. Like we use it a little bit in the in the business, but it's it's sparing. Um, Hi, this is Jennifer Goodyear and Erica Carroll. From, from the, the Women, women in, in AV, AV podcast, podcast, where we are encouraged by the incredible stories of women in AV. Listen in on fun, empowering conversations as we chat with inspiring women, breaking barriers, and creating their own path in the industry. Check out Women in AV on avnation.tv or wherever you get your podcasts. Still at this point. All right. Uh, let's let's go a step further and get into the fun aspect of the crystal ball and, and what you foresee happening next year. Um, Amanda, let, let's, we'll, we'll go around the other way this way. Did you want to start first? No, no. Cause I don't know what, the, what I'm going to say. So I got to like, you know, okay. See what Amanda says and, and rip it off a little bit. Yeah. You, yeah. You have two minutes to rip something off of what Amanda has. To oh, sorry, say. I got to get on chat GPT. Give me a second. Yeah. What's the biggest story? What's the biggest tech story tech of twenty twenty? I'm, do, I'm doing it right now. So Amanda, yeah. you go, and I'll tell you what ChatGPT tells us. I want to see if mine <laughs> differs from Mark's uh, as we play this live action game. Amanda, <clears throat> what is the? What do you see as the biggest thing that's going to happen in twenty twenty four, either in the tech space in your business? Uh, what do you want to see? It could be a wish list. I don't care. I think that we've kind of gone through the years of people being, you know, kind of wanting to fiddle with stuff themselves. And I think that they're really starting to realize that there's certain things that they can fiddle with and certain things that they want to bring somebody in to like be a professional so that it just freaking works And that. Maybe that's more my wish list, um, you know, kind of a thing. But I think that as people are getting more educated to what's available, I think that there are some people that are definitely being like, yeah, I don't want to do this myself. I want to bring somebody else in. Um, so I'm, I'm at least seeing more and more people that 
want to bring me in, but they already have a base level knowledge of what they want, what they want the experience to be. So in my experience, the sales process is changing a little bit from having to educate them about things um, to just trying to design specifically for them. Like, I think they're coming to me more aware, um, whether that's through designers, through other partnerships, through things that they're finding on the internet, through talking to chat GPT or whatever, you know, about what do they need to know when they build a home. Um, so I'm not much um, on that. All right. I like that. All right, Mark, what did, uh, what answer did chat GTP give you on? Nothing good. Basically, <laughs> uh, smart home technology, AI driven devices and sustainable solutions. Ooh. Yeah. So which one of those three do you think is going to be the, uh, the big driver? I think I'm going to go with um, lighting fixtures. <laughs> ignore <laughs> chat gpt oh wow as i was thinking about it i'm like you know i was thinking about what did i see at cedia that was kind of taking over the floor this year and i think lighting fixtures in our industry were everywhere while it's not new technology it is new for our industry and every rep i knew was trying to take me to show me lighting fixtures every booth had lighting fixtures in it i think that's i mean i don't know if i'm gonna get there but i think within our industry that is the next that, that's that's the you know, the, the automated shading of 2024, I think. It's a category that existed, but that, you know, our industry is just finding. I think we will continue as an industry to move towards light fixtures. I think the general populace of the industry will continue to completely screw up light fixtures. Yeah. Oh, I knew that was coming. No oh, yeah. idea I, I, I how to poorly, properly yes. design, implement, and control. Matt, how do you feel about lighting design Pardon? in our industry? <laughs> I think the electricians do a shockingly better job. Oh God, that's um, scary. Did you say electricians do a better job? Yeah, but he's you know he's no, got no, a, there's no. a there's another layer listen, behind this though. Yeah. Listen, electricians bless our hearts. Electricians know how to properly measure something to center it. <laughs> and well, their lighting design is not typically adventurous or design focused. It is utilitarian at best. At least they achieve it very well. They can put those four pot lights in your the corners of your room, three feet off each corner, really, really well. Whereas our industry, if you go back a couple of years, when shading was at its like forefront with everyone talking about it, the number one complaint that integrators said was that it's too hard to measure a square window. This was their concern that they could not measure a window. So uh, when yeah. we start looking at lighting design, if you're actually, if you're talking selling fixtures and drilling some holes in the ceiling, that is one thing. If you start actually talking lighting design and trying to properly distribute light throughout a space, there's a lot of math and a little bit of science that goes into doing that, that you then couple with some artistic, uh, possibilities to create layers of light and drama. Our industry is God awful at this because we're just not that creative and we seem to not be able to read a tape measure. <laughs> oh, don't, don't, don't even laugh. Walk into half of what our industry does when we hang TVs. If the room is not level, we don't know how to make the TV look level. <laughs> like, I, no, I'm I, stop. But part of my concern when we when we really get into the lighting fixture and design aspect 
is we're focused on the ridiculous. And what I mean by that is when you go back to kind of the starting of our industry and, and home theater and all this stuff, everybody wanted to build these crazy over the top theaters that very few customers actually wanted. They just wanted a place to watch a movie with their friends and their family. So what I see every time I see um, the leaders, quote unquote, in our industry who are doing lighting design, it is a modern white room. And for some godforsaken reason, they have decided that they need to turn it into a Vegas nightclub from the 80s with purple and gold lighting, which is not how anyone actually lives their life. Hey, speak for yourself. Nice try, Mark. I know that you have to turn those lights off every couple of days. <laughs> if you want to talk lighting design, there are some actual lighting designers that you can look at and use as a, uh, a bar to start looking at and saying that is actually designing with light, not, Ooh, let me see if I can turn this room blue. No one bloody cares. It's not the starship <laughs> enterprise. Stop using we've done dumbed down lighting design to putting colored bulbs in. And I think we've done a massive disservice to our industry and potentially shot this vertical in the foot by focusing on the fact that, Oh my gosh, you can check out this bulb. It'll do 16 million colors. Like we need it to do three. What we need is we need to understand how light actually works and how to actually use it to utilize a space better, which is actually what lighting designers do. But we've taken it into this ridiculous hangover movie <laughs> effect. And I'm appalled and just completely frustrated with it. I'm sorry I asked. Come on, Mark. You know you know better, Mark. Sorry. Please send me hate mail. Let's now ask Matt how yeah. he feels about like you know cybersecurity and, and hear another rant. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Why did what? How come all of a sudden are people trying to set me up on my own stinking show? It is interesting. You just yeah. can't make it so stinking easy. I really yeah. enjoy it, actually. Yeah. I just I don't understand why we don't have a futurist on the show today. We kind of do. <laughs> Hello. Because I mean, if the top three rants of Matt's year, that that's got to be number one. Yeah, or two. that one's up there. We've changed the title of the show, Mitch. <laughs> I would be perfectly happy if we as an industry could figure out a way, and it's not really up to us, I don't believe. I think it's actually up to the lighting manufacturers. They need to find a way to dim their fixtures properly. If I can't get an incandescent quality dim, I'm really tired of explaining to customers why it doesn't matter if they buy the $10 pot light at the electrical disto or Home Depot or Rona or Lowe's or whatever big box you go to versus my $600 fixture. And I'm le I, I'm excluding the one fixture that actually does dim down to zero down to like 0 0.1 because it's obnoxious, ex obnoxiously expensive. It's beautiful, but it's ridiculous. We've got to find a way to have a generally purpose purchasable fixture that dims lower than 10%. On a standard dimmer you can pick up somewhere. Here, here's the only thing that I will say is that we as an industry need to push for the death, though, of the wafer lights. Those things are so terrible. Oh, the wafers? Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, no. Anybody that installs those those things are horrible, hideous, and they came out and like really, really came out in full force the last couple of years. And they are Oh yeah. Well, because they're 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 super cheap and they go in anywhere. God awful lighting. It's terrible. It's terrible lighting. Oh, and I see them everywhere in New York City because God forbid you lower your ceiling more than an inch and you give up your own extra two inches of your ceiling height in New York City. (laughs) I, I know people that mix them in the same open oh, yeah. space. They're like, here, we're going to put beams in the ceiling, but we can't be bothered to actually map it out. So we're just going to web wire during construction. We'll cut in wafer lights in the kitchen, but the dining room, since it didn't have beams, we'll put recessed cans in there in the same open space. That's fine. You'll have cans in That's half fine. of it, wafer That's lights fine. in half. Yeah, right. Well, how else would you differentiate the two different rooms? <laughs> Oh, Amanda, I appreciate that rant. It's I, I like it. Oh, Thank you for coming to yeah, my side. All right, wafers. Katie, bring some highlight, maybe. Wafers. <laughs> Before I get hate mail from all of the lighting manufacturers. Right, right. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You do want to have some sponsors opportunities left. All right, Katie, what do you got? So a little bit of a broken record, but like 2023, we saw a uh, greater use of video walls. I think in 24, we're going to see that continue to evolve. I think we're going to see them um, ultimately coming down in price. I think we're going to see them more broadly adopted. I think that um, we're going to see new opportunities for integrators that are being realized that haven't really gotten into the category yet, just better understanding the technology and how to harness it how to apply it appropriately for each environment. Um, Shiny boxes side, I think that's it. I think from an industry perspective, um, slight wishful thinking, um, but also cautionary tale. We were on Matt, we had Jason not on Resi Week last week, and he was sharing some pretty shocking statistics and numbers that are coming out. Um, Hard data that's coming out of tools and other platforms that are indicating and are now being broadly reported as, as really showing huge opportunity for our industry, but also a sad low adoption of being able to protect the spec and close the sale. Um, and I think that that more than a shiny box needs to be something that we kind of take away into our corners for the those quiet winter hours that supposedly we all have. Um, and really kind of take a hard, hard look at that and, and start to understand how each of us as individuals, but collectively as a community, how can we better explain what we do? How can we make sure that that is understood by the audience so that they want to continue to buy what we're selling? My biggest fear is that as we continue to get distracted and amused and entertained by shiny boxes, we're, we are slowly losing grasp of the art of the sale and how to deftly navigate that in today's climate. It, there's a lot of the conversation we've already had here today are showing that the consumers are a little bit more educated on what we're doing to Amanda's point. Um, you know, we're talking about other trades that are maybe doing a better job of installing than we are simply because they have a better grasp of the measuring stick. Um, we need to really, <laughs> we really need to take note of this and partner up with the shiny boxes and also level up our skills and make sure that we're creating an opportunity for all of us beyond 24. I really am. I'm very, very nervous about the continued shrinking of our, of our industry simply because we can't talk our way out of the box. No, 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 no. That's a, that's a huge, that's a huge point. I've noticed this year that I'm having more and more conversations with clients that started with some other person and typically not an integrator. 
and they come back to us kind of as the last hope of we can't figure this out and they sold us this and it only kind of works can you come in and take a look at it and these are customers that we've had for years which brings me back to the point of why were we not the first call why is it the third fourth yeah. or fifth call yeah. of you know, we, we've gone through all these different avenues and now we're coming back to you in the sense of, can you help us? And I, I, I think a lot of it comes down to one, we're not great as an industry at showing our true value to the customer. And I think we've taken advantage of that. What little trust there was, I think we've taken advantage of it as a whole, uh, thinking that they're just going to come to us anyways, because we're the experts. Um, but I also think a large portion of it is as much as we want to be, you know, like the fifth trade, as I, as I believe it's typically referred to, we're not there. And I don't know as the technology does in, on one hand, continue to get simpler on the other hand, continue to get more complicated. I think that divide is just going to continue to grow which is going to force us even further into a divide there where we're not as we're not top of mind. And as much as we want to be the fifth trade, we're the only group that thinks we're the fifth trade. The other trades don't even think of us. Don't you think too, we overcomplicated systems when we had the opportunity to do it in the first no. place? Blasphemy. <laughs> How dare you bring that up? That we sell, as Katie's fallen off her chair, that we overly complicate systems for no gosh darn reason. And and that's why they don't come back to us. Like Burkhart. Okay. So if, if you're not on social. Oh, yeah. Let me, let me just pose a picture for you. Jeremy Burkhart posted something this week on his Facebook page. And I apologize if you haven't seen it. With a bank of like five switches with these ridiculous. Oh, my God. That was awful. Like. Inch yeah. by inch icons over top of the switches, <laughs> like stickered to the wall. Yeah. And Burkhart is one of those people who has experienced likely every lighting control system we've ever made in the industry. He's had them in multiple homes and he stated that. And this is what he, he was loving <laughs> was the fact that he could look at it and just hit the button and, and wow, it worked. And I look at, the lighting systems that we've come in second on, right? Somebody else has been there and we've come in to try and fix it. I come from stage lighting where nobody in the facility has control of those lights other than the operator. So we can make it as complicated as we want. But again, the end result is we're trying to make the stage look pretty. When you're in a house and you're designing lighting, for example, again, back to lighting, we have this tendency to make it as complicated as possible. And there are so many rooms where you just need a switch. Mm -hmm. You don't need a keypad. Half the time, you don't need a bloody dimmer. You just need to turn the light on and off. Yep. And I look at some of the systems that I've seen. Heck, some of the systems we've even done. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. And when you look at the industry as the whole... I, there, Mark, I'm pretty sure you were on with me a couple of times years ago where I was bemoaning the fact that we don't need a video matrix 
on most projects because you can do just as well. Yeah. You put an Apple TV or a Roku or whatever the heck you want anymore. You hang the TV and they have all the sources they need. I will tell you, especially now, the cable companies have these like the little streaming, bo- the little boxes. Like yeah. I mean, the, the Zumo box from, yeah. from Spectrum is like that thing. Yeah. It's it slips. You know, we buy a little mount from Hide It Mounts. We stick it right behind the TV. Yeah. That's Source One, and the TV is the smart app. So you've got you don't even need a back nope. box. No. Yeah. Oh God, no, no, not at all. And it becomes one of those things of I don't know how many times I've seen it, where I'm competing with with another company, and we're half the price of them. Because I walk in and go, well, what would you actually like? What do you want to do? And when they tell you that they just watch Netflix and you dig into that a little bit deeper and it's like, well, we actually watch Prime a little bit too. It's like, okay, cool. So you literally just need a smart TV with a speaker. Cool. Well, these other guys said we needed this. I'm like, maybe. Do you? I'll sell it to you if you want it. The worst thing is, is like I had a client just this la- just this last year and we were doing, we were working with their man, one of their property management people or whatever. And it was just a small, just a little guest house for when someone pops over. I didn't know who the homeowner was. We eventually met the homeowner. But when they came in and we were handing over the system, the homeowner was like, okay, so how difficult is this going to be for my guests, for me to explain to my guests how to use? And it mm-hmm. was the perfect scenario where we just had basically a speaker and we were using the apps on the TV because that's all they really needed for the space that was periodically going to be used. And the homeowner was like, Oh my goodness. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. They're like at my house. And I, they live in this crazy, ridiculous house. They're like, everything is so complicated that when I want to watch TV, I pull out my laptop and I stream it on my laptop. And I'm like, I know what system (laughs) they have in their house. Like I didn't do it. Somebody else had done it. But like, to me, I was like, that was so terrible reflection on our industry. Like they mm-hmm. over complicated it. The lady just, she wanted to go home and sit down, turn off, you know, turn off her brain for a minute, relax at a day and watch a movie. And she can't, she's got to like pull out a manual to figure out how to go ahead and do it. And it's just easier to pull out her laptop. Like to me, that's so sad. That's yeah. such an indictment yeah, it, of our industry right there. And, and to be fair, it's it's not like other industries don't do this as well, oh, right? Sure. But when we as an industry tout ourselves on integrating things and making life easier, sometimes we have to remember that the clients want it really easy. Like they want it even easier than you thought it needed to be. How many clients have you handed a universal remote you to? hand them, them one. And they go, oh my God, what, what happened to the TV that I just like press a button and it turns on like from 30 years ago? Like, where's, where's my TV from yeah. when I was a kid? And I hear that all the time. I try to always use the principle with our, our people of, you need to design this, build this, think about this in terms of you've got a 75 year old parent mm-hmm. and you're giving them control. If they're coming over to your house mm-hmm. to babysit the kids, can they find Paw Patrol or whatever? the heck your kids watch to turn on and if they can't figure it out it's too complicated and now the the flip side of that is content is incredibly complicated and i still think that's the holy grail of our industry and the media industry is finding a way to get generalized easily accessible universal search 
mm-hmm. for content. Yeah. And, you know, Apple is typically really good in this world and they're still not there. It kind of works, but it's not, it's not perfect. And until we get to that point, that you're still going to have some complications because people just don't know where to find anything. And if you want any proof of yeah. that, look at uh, Prime getting access to Thursday Night Football right. and how much that is thrown off how many customers. Because all of a sudden it's like, no, we used to watch this on ESPN. Where is on it? On Sunday Ticket Go on YouTube TV. Yeah, Sunday exactly. Ticket on YouTube like, TV. Yeah. The, the content wars are going to only intensify. Let's, let's put that on our wish list for 2024. Well, because what kills me is like, even personally, I, you know, I, I you know, 10 years ago, whatever, or even five years ago, whatever I was watching was on my, my DVR list. And those were the shows yes. I was watching. And like next last season show, you know, when the new season came out, popped up, and I started watching it again. Now I forget about a show if, it, if it's been a year or a year and a half. And I forget, I need yeah. that cent- I, I need a centralized list of what I'm watching. So I can just click on the show. I can see the list of all the shows I, I, I've favorited or whatever across every app and then just play it without having to go into Netflix and go into Prime and go into Max and go into Hulu. And it's too, it's too fragmented. Sounds like you, yeah. like you want a TV guide. I still want a cable box. Yeah. <laughs> I would love a TV guide that told me where content was for places other than America. With no disrespect, everybody knows how I where I stand on that. But my gosh, as someone who gets American commercials but doesn't actually live in America, trying to figure out where I'm going to watch whatever oh, content yeah. it is. Back to my days when I was selling satellite, Matt. Everyone said, I want a la carte, I want a la carte. And I was like, I promise you, you don't. It's going to be more difficult. You all, they're like, yeah, but I won't get the religious channels. And I'm like, I don't care. You're going to get what you guys want. And it's going to be more difficult and it will be more expensive. Remember, everyone was going to go to streaming because it was going to be cheaper. And now look at what's happening. You've got like five services on average, like in people's homes. And they're all like, and they're all like 10 to $15 each now. Like, and they're just getting, nothing is under 10 bucks a service anymore. No, it's, it's very entertaining. So, all right, let's wrap it up um, before everyone in the industry gets upset with me. Um, I might have a couple of friends left. I don't know. We'll see. Hey, new year, new me. What are you going to do? Um, it won't be you the new you, me. Boo. It'll be the same old <laughs> me do me all the time. All right. Thank you, Bo. Or thank you all of you for joining us. Uh, Amanda, if people want to connect with you, learn more about True Media Home. Where can they do that? Uh, anywhere online. Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, my favorite, TikTok, all of Shut the above. Up. Come on. <laughs> He's going to, Mitch is going to cut that for me. It's fine. <sighs> Forget TikTok. All right, Mark. Uh, thank you, sir, for joining us. If people want to connect with you, learn more about Home Theater Advisors. Where can they do that? Well, I'm old, so it's basically Facebook and email. <laughs> <laughs> What the hell's TikTok? Is that where like teenagers like you know play music? Ask your kids. The tickety talks. What's, what's, this, t- what's this whole TikTok crap? All right, Katie. If people want to connect with you, learn more about Canby Communications. Where can they find you on the talk tick? You will not find us on the tickety talkities. Um, no, no, you will not. <laughs> but everywhere else <laughs> for adults, 
I joke, I joke, I joke, I joke. Um, KMB Communications, we're the one with the mountain in our logo, trying to remain semblance of professionalism. Um, or me, Katie McGregor Bennett. You find me all over the sphere as well, I hope. Not on the tickety talkity, though. Were you implying that I was anything less than professional on the show? Never. I didn't name. I didn't name a single manufacturer. I didn't specifically name any technology that was negatory. I th- I thought I was above board across. The I board. mean, this is this is true. It, Matt, Mitch, let's give Matt his report card after today's class and, yeah. and he can yeah. get a little gold star. Gold star, Matt. Gold star. And an star. attaboy. <laughs> Yeah, a little pat on the back. He gets another season in 2024. We'll see. Uh, thank you again uh, for joining us, not only for this episode, if you were able to suffer through the whole thing, um, but every every episode this year, uh, we greatly appreciate everybody who, who watches and listens. Uh, if you'd like to connect with me to send me all that hate mail, um, you can do that either via email, if you have it. If not, ask somebody, they'll give it to you. Uh, or you can find me on Twitter slash x at matt d scott and most other social platforms except for tiktok because i don't do that but more importantly please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover when you visit the website please take a moment to check out our supporters we are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well thanks again for watching that's all the time we have for this episode of resi week the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. Nation. This is AV Nation.